and how the big uh, media moguls who are members of the Royal Institute for International Affairs slash CFR uh, got together before World War II and wondered how to terrify the public so they demand that Britain go to war with Germany. And that's explained from their own records and he was a professional historian for their, their records. And that's what we're getting today with this uh, incredible, incredible amounts of uh, crisis and hot air and cry wolf, cry wolf uh, since 2001 started. Now remember, that's the beginning, the real beginning for the millennium is 2001. This is the century of change and you ain't going to like it. Back with more after these messages. cutting through the matrix, talking about the century of change. And we're living through it. Most folk don't know it because they'll adapt to everything that happens to them, simply because everyone else is adapting to everything that happens around them. That's how simple it is to control millions of people. Everyone sort of looks to see who's going to complain or do something first. But if no one does, they don't follow. Most people are followers. Last week I mentioned how a small group of men got together in the Lunar Society, they called it, one of the Masonic Societies. But these are very rich men and scientists of their day. And they planned the entire Industrial Revolution. And I mentioned how, how some of the key players in today's uh, global control mechanism uh, talk about these, this original group and how they see how a few people can truly decide which way the future is going to go. That's what's happening right now. Most folk will adapt to any kind of system that's given to them, if it's done scientifically, if the propaganda is laid out, the incrementalism is laid out in a systematic way, through propaganda, and especially through education, that's the beauty of it. They can often bypass most of the parents, who by the time they hit 40 are so apathetic, they can't be bothered fighting about anything. And so they go for the children so that they will be taught a completely different way of living than their parents. It doesn't have to be any truth that they're given, but anything, anything can be presented by as truth, depending on how you present it and what you put forward for the presentation and what you decide to omit from the rest of the picture. It's very simple, very simple. You make people believe anything at all, anything at all. Experiments have been done. Massive experiments on whole continents at times. The, the War of the Worlds was put out back in the, the 40s or 50s. And it was read on the ears that it was an actual space invasion. It was done in cooperation uh, with, uh, I think, Princeton psychology, uh, psychology departments and departments of government to see how the people would react to it. And people did panic. Oh, there were people fleeing from cities. There were people who shot at water towers thinking there were these big aliens coming down because they'd heard them described over the radio. So people can be, be made to believe anything at all. And that's what Lenin, who was taught by the best bankers on the planet, knew when he said that there's a thousand directions that humanity as a society can go. And it's only important that those who live then and who are being born then believe that the one they're born into is the only natural one that could have evolved. And that's what we're all taught, you see. We're 
led our whole lives through the snaking tunnel. And you're just getting used to one bend and up comes another bend as they move you on to another way of looking at the whole of society. And it's not difficult, as I say, to do, especially when you have not just media on board worldwide, but you have uh, departments built into every government, regardless of what party gets into, into power or appears to get into power. And you have the, 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 basically an international educational system to make sure it works. Your whole reality is given to you. And quite a few years ago, I, I read different articles about uh, the eugenicists and how they wanted to depopulate, etc. I've gone through the Club of Rome, big think tank, and their book, The First Global Revolution, where they say they, they took the credit for dreaming up the con of global warming so that they could blame the people and get them to start cutting down their numbers and all the rest of it and allow themselves to be managed under a type of warfare scenario. They said that's the only time where we give up all our freedoms and work together under a war scenario. Well, you're going to have perpetual war until this is all completed. And that's probably going to be all of your lives for everyone who's listening right now. It's a long-term agenda. These guys not only work in centuries, if you look at some of their articles, they've even got panels now working on the year 3000. And what they want to have by the year 2000, not just in technology, but in types of humans, transhumanism and all that kind of stuff, post-humanism even. Well-funded groups. These are not just little hobbyists that meet at libraries and discuss their favorite novel. These are literally well-funded by big foundations, groups of scientists, etc., that then advise governments. Amazing. We don't elect any of these advisors into power but then we're post-democratic, you see, because that was something else that the Club of Rome said, that democracy would have to sort of go. There was just, there was just too many com- competing uh, factions to get anything done. And by that, they really meant to get their own particular agenda through. You see, democracy was simply in the way. You're seeing the end of it now. We've, we've seen it since 2001. In fact, politicians don't even give you the, the usual... Uh, playful smiles as they lied uh, their faces off on television now they just, you have dictates coming down from the top and implemented at the bottom those who have grown up in Britain uh, I'm sure are used to that because that's a premier country that everyone copies uh, in their techniques of propaganda and they've had such a long time of beating the public down with incredible repetition and propaganda, including including all of the BBC documentaries and fictional stuff that they churn out that's full of political correctness. And each time they update the PC, everyone else is updated at the same time. And they're so politically correct, you, you don't know what to say anymore in company. You just don't know what to say. So you talk about safe things, they talk about sports and stuff like that. You see? And it's all coming across the world, the same system, because these creeps at the top, you see, set out to to take the whole world over an awful long time ago. An awful long time ago. Toffler uh, is a great friend of Newt Gingrich, and I talked again years ago that when, from his own book, he says the third wave, and uh, the third wave was about uh, the future and how it's supposed to be, according to these eugenicists and those who believe that they're the fittest is to survive and rule, and what should happen to the, to the rest of us. And every congressman 
uh, was given a copy by Newt Gingrich of this book. And in the book it said that everyone would have to be uh, a vegetarian. It was going to be a vegetarian society, and it must be so. He didn't say why it must be so. And I said, you can take that to the bank, it will happen. When 2001 came along, I said, the very, that very night, I said, you're going to see a whole war scenario with refugees eventually in the streets. They'll do that under plagues, etc., or, or the threats of plagues. And I said, you'll get ration cars. Eventually, ration cars definitely will come. That's part of warfare, you see. And you'll get ID cars. And you'll, you'll have your, your snoops, your, your, your spy society. And lo and behold, we're living through all of it. And yet people still think, well, I guess it's just coincidence that he said that and it's just happening now. No, I've read their books, you see. And when they say something, they mean it. They mean it, you see. When these big boys see up and say, get up on television and say, there's too many of you. And this guy's a multi-billionaire They're running a foundation who advises the government. And he's got his own man in the government on some greeny body. You better be very, very scared, because they mean it. And they have the power to do it. Not only the power, they're all connected with all the other rich, fat men, you see, these dynasties. And they have a big, massive world club. And they have world meetings, lots of world meetings, to decide what kind of future they're going to bring in. And we read about this, and we hiccup, and I always think, well, I guess they mean someone else. They can't mean me. You know, they can't mean, of course they mean you. As I say, when the media all gets on board at the same time with the same propaganda, the same stories, and a big push, there's no coincidence to it. Especially when, the, when no reporter will ask the right questions, or really any questions. These are almost like handouts to the press. They're dutifully, dutifully just published, just pasted in there, and that becomes your news. Here's an article here from, it's from The Guardian. Uh, Saturday the 8th of August it says UN climate change deal needs more sacrifices by West the Western countries by John Westcott John Westcott this is what he's warning it says vital United Nations climate change talks in Copenhagen are likely to collapse unless the rich nations agree a social justice deal or you should say to a, a social justice deal built around equalizing emissions per head in each country. Now remember, emissions per head literally means you and what you consume and what you breathe and use. Literally. Do you understand that? This is according to the former Deputy Prime Minister, John Prescott. I wonder if he's related to the Prescott Bushes side of the family. Probably is. So he's the former Deputy Prime Minister, who's, who, who's now a technocrat, obviously, meaning he's, he's higher than a Prime Minister or a President according to Brzezinski. These are the guy's real power. And once they're out of politics, they're up at the world meetings and doing the real job, and they have real power to authorize things. He says, speaking to the Guardian, Prescott admitted that the formula would require far greater sacrifices by rich nations, especially the U.S. So, so this is the redistribution of wealth and all the rest of it, not just the wealth. Says Prescott, one of three politicians to broker the, the original UN climate change deal in December 97, is to become deeply involved in trying to ensure there's a successor to Kyoto. He met leaders of Barack Obama's climate change team in Washington a fortnight ago. This is incredible. They're talking about the weather. Right? 
climate change. We've always had climate change. It's called the weather. They dropped global warming because it wasn't panning out. But this is as good as anything because people can't think for themselves. They have no memory of a year ago, two, five years ago, how the weather was then. They have no memory at all. So they can tell them anything, which is exactly what they do. So Obama's climate change team in Washington are falling, and is due to travel to China on 8 September at the same time as Lord Mandelson, the business secretary. Mandelson, what a character he is, but he was kicked out of every office and put back in. Good friends in high places, mind you. It's a hereditary lordship. We'll be back with more on this topic after this break. through the matrix, being for an article from The Guardian on the usual thing, the, the, the climate change. It's not global warming anymore, it's just, just weather, you know. And as I say, that's, that's good enough for most people. It, it'll become like fear the dark shortly. The same, the same principle, fear the dark, you know. And it says, Prescott, it says, he met leaders of Barack Obama's climate change team in Washington a fortnight ago. As you travel to China on 8 September, at the same time as Lord Mandelson, the business secretary, he'll be given an honorary professorship. They love this stuff, getting honorary degrees at Xiamen University for his work on climate change. So he's not just an ex-prime minister. He's another Fabian, you see, with another agenda, a, a lifetime's agenda to fulfill. That's why he's up there now doing even more important things than being a vice a prime minister. Just Prescott will also stage an international conference from the 20th of September on the principles of a deal for Copenhagen to be opened by Rajendra Pachuri, of the chair of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. That's just this bunch of, of pathetic weasels uh, that keep buying new computers to try to give them the, 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 the facts that they want to hear. And that's what, they, that's what it's all about. This is also an address by Al Gore. Now, we have voted none of these people in to anything, anything, any power positions over our lives, but here they are running the world through the United Nations and from the United Nations via the governments to us. I hope people understand that. Where's the democracy in this? There's none. You see, this we're post-democratic. So the conference organized by the Council of Europe what a conglomerate that is, will have 65 states uh, present. Prescott is also going to lead a Gore-style campaign in schools. That's where, just like Gore, I mentioned, and I have that link somewhere too, where Gore goes into the schools talking to 12 and unders and tells them that you know more than your parents. You know, they just don't understand everything. So they'll bypass their parents. Typical communist trick, you see. So that's part of the blitz, you see, on, on the same topic. And here's what we get. Remember what I said at the top? I said there'd be ration cards and all the rest of it. Well, here we go. Times Online, August 10th. Food crisis could force wartime rations and vegetarian diet on Britons. Well, who'd have thought, eh? Who'd have seen that coming? I wonder. It says the British people face wartime rations and a vegetarian diet in the event of a world food shortage. A new official assessment on the UK's food security suggests today. You see? 
even though the nation is 73% self-sufficient in food production, higher than during the 1950s, the food chain is at risk from global influences such as a worldwide increase in population. Oh, it's all you again. Climate change. Ah, here we are. Bringing steep weather patterns, higher oil prices and more crops being grown for biofuel instead of food. Oh, my God. All these crises coming up. Supplies in future may also be disrupted by animal disease outbreaks. It could be that too. Disruption of power supplies, trade disputes, and interruptions for shipping and at ports, and the sky may fall. I added the last part there myself. The UK, however, has one of the highest cereal production capabilities in the world, with 7 tonnes grown per hectare, compared to a world average of 3.3 tonnes per hectare. But regardless, though, you see... It says, in the event of an extreme event, cereal crops be used to feed the nation and ensure that each person receives sufficient daily calories, your GM crops. But people would have to consume less. The average number of calories eaten per day in the early 1960s was about 2,100, whereas the most recent fear compiled by the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization is 2,800. See, he's that unelected body again with all of his different councils, even during the Second World War, Britain did not have to rely wholly on domestic food production, but Hilary Benn, the cabinet minister with overall responsibility for food policy, has ordered officials to prepare for a scenario where the country could feed itself. In the event of an extreme emergency, the most dramatic consequence would be every person eating a predominantly vegetarian diet, more cereals, fruit and veggies, and less meat and poultry. Well, that's always been the agenda. I've read from their old books, haven't I? Cereals used to feed farm animals would be shifted into human food production. <laughs> a paper setting out the food security assessment states that the food on offer would be a highly restricted, okay, restricted diet. I mentioned too, they see the copying the old techniques of India. They, they controlled the peasants of India for thousands of years like this. A highly restricted, if sufficiently nutritious diet. See? One of the biggest threats to the supply chain would be restrictions in trade of meat and poultry from Argentina or Brazil or of genetically modified soya, the main commodity used to feed livestock in Britain. <laughs> no wonder there's no taste to anything. Eh? Then he goes on, on and on about all the possible other things like climate change, changes in the weather, etc., etc., you see. So all the media is on board with this. Here's a telegraph, the Daily Telegraph here. August the 10th, government's green energy plan may cost 17 times more than its benefits. The government plans to increase the proportion of Britain's energy generated by green sources is set to co or cost between 11 and 17 times what the change brings in economic benefits. Well, who cares about that when you're on the, the communistic, you know, line, the, the world communism. You see, it's equality across the, the planet for well, all of you, except for those at the top, you see. There's always a... Uh, some are more equal in such utopias than others, as Orwell said. This is the figures are buried deep in the government's renewable energy strategy paper produced last month. Guess who by? Another special panel that deals with the United Nations. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article from The Telegraph about the Renewable Energy Strategy paper produced last month. And it says here, according to the document, uh, while the expected cost will be total or, or, or total around four billion pounds a year over the next 20 years, amounted to 57 billion pounds to 70 billion pounds, the eventual benefit in terms of the reduced carbon dioxide emissions will be only four billion pounds to five billion pounds over that entire period. See, but it has got nothing to do with it. I hope you all realise there's a different agenda. It's nothing to do with what they tell you. It's depopulation, sterilization, etc. That's what it's all about. Do you really get that? See, you've always been the problem. You just didn't know it. The elite have always said, there's just too many people, there's too many people, the useless people, useless eaters, they're called by people like Bertrand Russell. Useless eaters. You see, you're post-industrial. All you're doing is consuming, passing things around. You don't produce anything. So they don't believe in keeping us around as pets, you see. And they want to get rid of us. But they must have our compliance in the eradication process. Quite amazing, isn't it? I mean, Adolf Hitler did it quickly. These characters had to convince us to jump over the cliff. This is what all this is about. All of it. All of it. That's what it's all about. It says the figures make up part of the government's impact assessment of the policies, which includes plans to raise the proportion of British electricity produced by renewable energy sources from 5.5% to 30%. And so on and so on and so on. We are the problem. We are the problem. And here's the BBC, you know, the government's station. The guys who are experts in propaganda, they've been at it forever since the first radio came out. BBC. That's what they were set up to do, in fact, propaganda. And they've never let go of it. Why should they? That's a main tool of policy. Not just British policy, but worldwide policy. When the Soviets had the Soviet system, they copied the BBC-style presentation. And all you had from Britain and Moscow was the Department of So-and-so has declared, and the Ministry of so has declared, and the Commissariat of so has declared. And, and just declarations coming down to the people. See? And that's what we're living in now. And this is from the 10th of August 2009. Radical rethink needed on food. BBC. This is a radical rethink of how the UK produces and consumes its food is needed. Environment Secretary Hilary Benn has warned. That was part of the Benn family. The Benn family are part of the Wedgwood uh, uh, Darwin family. And they're into every generation of politics. They're in there. He was speaking at the launch of the government's assessment of the threats to the security of what we eat. The food supply was currently secure, but population growth, you see, it's all you lot out there. And, and the weather, you know, could have an impact, he warned. Could have an impact, he warned. Producers, supermarkets, and consumers have been invited. So here's your, here's your everybody's getting in on it now. Producers, consumers, and supermarkets. Do you, already, you know you'll already have official consumer societies set up for you by the kind philanthropists, and they'll talk for you. They'll do all the talking for you. So you don't have to worry about anything. Away. It says, have been invited to suggest how a secure food system should look in 2030. 
Amazing how that date comes up in all their plans, including the Department of Defense. Some of the findings from the consultation are expected to be published in the autumn, that's the fall. As well as launching the consultation process, the Department of, for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. So now it's not just Food and Rural Affairs, it's Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, DEFRA, has published a scoreboard-style assessment of the current state of UK's food supply. It is to stimulate a debate within the UK on what a food policy we should be and how do we define and look at food security more broadly, said DEFRA's chief scientific advisor, Professor Robert Watson. It's amazing all these advisors are disadvising. Why bother with politicians when advisors are running everything, eh? None of them are elected. And it says um, food is absolutely essential. No kidding, this guy's bright. And over the past few years, we did see a food price increase, not only in the UK, but across the globe, he told BBC News. We think it's time to have a debate with consumers, farmers, and the private sector on what the food policy should be for the UK. But there's much, much more to it because they're talking about feeding the world. See, we're global now. Don't forget it. We're global. And we've got to share everything. You know, a la communist style, you see. And that's what it's all about, because these guys are all Fabians. And the Fabians won. They, were, they overtook the Soviet system, because it started by a different technique of incrementalism with a 100-year plan, which they've completed. Now they're on to the next 100-year plan. So the test for us will be, as the Earth's climate changes, the weather changes, what will be the challenges, not only in the UK, but throughout the world, he asks. Well, I wonder, eh? They want more natural ways of growing food. It needs to be sustainable, sustainable, seasonal and fresh. Oh, I love these experts. Uh, anyway, that's what they're, they're promoting there. But what's the real problem? You know, what's the real problem? Well, here's the New York Times. Same time, see, I'm saying it's a blitz. You're going to have this daily, incessantly, until everyone in the street's parsing it, and you'll think they're all crazy if you're still a thinker. It says, this is from the August the 7th, 2009, having children brings high carbon impact by Kate Galbraith, who no doubt is the environment writer. Having children is the surest way to send your carbon footprint soaring. Another abstract, a carbon footprint According to a new study from statisticians at Oregon State University, the study found that having a child has an impact that far outweighs that of other energy-saving behaviors. No kidding. Is that an energy-saving behavior? Take, for example, a hypothetical American woman who switches to a more fuel-efficient car, drives less, recycles, installs more efficient light bulbs, and replaces her... Uh, these bulbs are useless, and they're deadly. from a mercury vapor. And then they give off UV light as well, too, which can burn you if you're too close. And replaces her refrigerator and windows with energy-saving models, you know, the cheap-made ones from China. If she had two children, researchers found her carbon legacy would eventually rise to nearly 40 times what she'd saved by those actions. No kidding. Oh, so children are bad. You see, that's what I'm trying to say here. This is the message. Under all this hoopla and crap is... Don't have children. There's too many people. Remember uh, that Al was Huxley, and he's up there on YouTube with a, a Mike Wallace interview. You can look it up. He 
said, it's not just, we should be thinking not just about birth control, but death control, he says. You see, people are living too long. You see, the useless eaters are living too long. That's what they're talking about. You see? So, yeah, they don't want children getting born, but they, they, they want us to die faster, too, at the bottom. You see? Once you're retired, they could use all that pension money and so on, or welfare money, and use it for better things like like their, their paychecks and and giving to non-governmental organizations and, and, and for warfare purposes or for putting up more cameras to watch everybody and stuff like that, you know? We're just living too long and, and, and using it. So it's clearly the potential saving from reduced population are huge compared to the savings that can be achieved by changing in lifestyles, the report states. That's a bit contradictory. The impact of children varies dramatically depending on geography. An American woman who has a baby will generate nearly seven times the carbon footprint of that of a Chinese woman. That's because they have bigger feet in America. Who has a child, the study found. The calculations take account of the fact that each child is, in turn, likely to have more children. And because the calculations derive from fertility rates, oh, you know that nasty thing called fertility, that they're trying to eradicate altogether. They'll be doing a darn good job, too, by the way, in the West. It says the expected number of children per woman in various countries, the finding focus on women, although clearly men participate in the decision to have children. Well, at least they mentioned men there. In discussions about climate change, we tend to focus on the carbon emissions of an individual over his or her lifetime, said Paul Murtog, professor of statistics at the OSU. In a statement accompanying the study's release, it says these are important issues and it's essential that they should be considered. But an added challenge facing us is continuing population growth and increasing global consumption of resources. Straight off, it's a Rockefeller's mouth, isn't it? And it's a true report there if you really want to, to see the, the nonsense that's getting spouted off here. But this is going to be the incessant propaganda from now on. Now on. Until people you know will start parroting it right from uh, articles like this. In conversations, they'll pass it. Yeah, there's too many of us. They're the ones that watch all the nature shows and David Suzuki and stuff like that. And this world becomes awful dull when they all just become little. Like, like Brzezinski said, they can only talk about their downloads from the previous night's nice news. But that's what's happened. They do think the media is somehow there, like some referee, uh, to do their thinking for them. They really have come to accept that. They don't know that the media, the mainstream media, is a propaganda tool for those who rule the world. And often the media moguls are part of the guys who rule the world. You see? And they do have their syndicates and their clubs where they meet and plan agendas and topics that get pushed. Like this one here. Amazing. There's another article here. It's, it's from... The Mail Online, to show you the future that Orwell described. And this future we have to go through before you come through the brave new world of Huxley. The Orwellian stage comes first. It says here, 10th of August, 2009, March of the State Spies. One in 78 adults came under state-sanctioned surveillance last year. Britain's extraordinary march towards a surveillance state is revealed today by shocked new figures. I wonder who is shocked. They show that one request is made every, every minute for officials to spy on someone's phone records or email accounts. 
The number of Big Brother snooping missions by police town halls and other public bodies has soared by 44% in two years. Last year, there were 504,073 new cases, an average of 1,381 per day. It's the equivalent of one adult in 78 coming under state-sanctioned surveillance. The snoopers are using a law originally aimed at terror suspects. Well, of course, that's why they brought it in, isn't it? Nothing to do with terror. You see, you're all a potential terrorist. In fact, from their point of view, since they're at war with you for eating everything and breathing all that air out, you see, all that carbon dioxide, you see, you're the terrorists. Do you understand that? Do you understand you are the terrorists? The snoopers are using a law aimed at terror suspects, but their targets include people suspected of storing petrol, gasoline, without a license. No license to store gasoline over there. And bringing a dog into the country without quarantining it. And also for, of course, not closing your dustbin. Liberal Democrat spokesman Chris Hume said last night, it cannot be a justified response to the problems we face in this country that the state is spying on half a million people a year. It's actually more than that. Because, you see, you're under total information network. You see, total means everybody. And everybody's communique must be copied and held. Everybody. Total information network. So the government forgets that George Orwell's 1984 was a warning, not a blueprint. So I, don't, I don't think so much. I think Orwell knew it was a blueprint because... He had been trained by the characters. He was trained to believe in the agenda until he found out that he was being used as well. So it's not just the ones down below, the smaller NGOs that go along. It's also the higher players. They're trained to go out there and start up the big NGOs, etc., who are given uh, false information. So the request to intercept email and telephone records were made under the hugely controversial Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act 2000. A total of 653 state bodies, that's officials, uh, groups that is, including 474 local councils allowed to use its surveillance powers. So even your local council can snoop on everything you're doing. The mail discovered that Sandwell Borough Council checked phone records to locate a bogus faith healer this is, what they, this is what they use it for. Well, Lewisham Council used the anti-terror power to pursue a rogue removal firm and a rogue pharmacist. Kent County Council carried out 23 phone checks as part of probes into storing gasoline illegally and breaking the law over importing a dog. Other bodies authorized to carry out surveillance include the Financial Services Authority, the Ambulance Service. I love all these services. They're authorities now, you see. It says fire authorities and prison governors. They're not allowed to find out the content of phones, calls, and emails, but can access details of when and to whom they were made or sent. People who are found to have done no wrong have no right to know they were snooped on. So it goes on and on and on. Welcome to the total global police state, because this is happening everywhere. And, my God, do they want the U.S. to come down big time. Big time. Massively. The U.S., they want to really come down to a third world standard. Because also in the papers, an awful lot of articles about this very thing, too, to do with food, etc. And standard of living. And how they'll all have to come down to the lowest common denominator. Amazing, isn't it? 
Now, there's Mike from New York on the phone. Are you there, Mike? We'll, we'll have you there. We'll get off these topics here. Hello, Mike. Are you there? No? Hi, no Alan. Yes. Alan, it's, it's uh, quite ironic that this uh, character, Prescott, is running around pontificating on global warming and receiving awards for it. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen a picture of this clown, it's not a pretty sight. He's about 300 pounds of flab and lard. I see it. Yeah, it's on the page of that and article. probably yeah. consumes enough food to feed a family of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not to put too fine a point on it, the amount of wind he expels on a daily basis must be the equivalent of a small herd of cattle. Yes. Yep. So I suggest we start RFID tagging these morbidly obese politicians mm-hmm. in the same way it's proposed that we do to cows. Maybe we should also put them on the vegetarian diet they want us to go on to. Exactly. I mean, they're running around stuffing their faces and they're lecturing to the populace that they have to cut down on the carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. I read that article last year where a yeah. group met at the IPPC for this UN group uh-huh. And, and it went through about 12 courses in their meal and, and, and something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And they're only the courses they told you about. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably cut down to uh, make, it, uh, make it not look so bad. Um, oh, it was bad enough. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the statistics that these advisors keep on churning it, are churning it out regarding the food supply in the UK and various other places are reminiscent of nothing as much as those ridiculous five-year plans with meaningless statistics that they used to publish in the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they're they're using. They're using both techniques. Yeah, it's the same blueprint. Um, It is. I have another question, if I can hang on, Alan. Yeah, hang on, and we'll get back to it after this break. the matrix talking to mike from new york you still there mike well and a quick yeah. question uh with all these poisons that the governments are only too happy to prescribe to the populace uh, you know i'm referring for instance to uh, to aspartame and food fluoride gm food vaccinations and lord knows what else mm-hmm. why is there this holy war against smoking tobacco under the pretext that these same people are trying to protect people's health. Yeah, yeah, I, I wondered about that, you know, yeah. because, uh, and it's an odd thing, I, I can't verify it, except my own little studies I've mm. done, informal studies, yeah. but um, I do know that since we started the heavy chem spraying, um, the people who smoke don't yeah. seem to uh, have the same effects of loss of memory and so on as the ones who, who, who don't smoke. Okay, because I knew it couldn't be you know, for the benefit of people's health. Yes. You know. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They'd, they'd be happy. I mean, yeah, they'll kill us off by a thousand other ways, but smoking is a taboo. Uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. it's, it's true enough, um, uh, the stuff from the spray uh, is meant to go through the alveolar tissue of the lung. Mm-hmm. And it's so tiny, the particles are so tiny, it goes right through. However, smokers tend to coat that, and you cough it up. If you swallow it, it goes okay. through the intestine. It does not get absorbed because it's a different size. That makes, that, that makes eminent sense, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
a lot more than this than this you know BS about oh we're trying to protect people's health. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I mean here in British Columbia and Canada, they teach children about six or seven years old at school how to shoot up heroin safely in classroom. Uh, <laughs> and and if you, but they don't want you smoking a cigarette. Uh, it, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It, it is. But, but that's the system we're in. And there's always another reason. But I found that, I used to ask people who are really up on things and, and the real thinkers yeah. uh, if they smoked or not and did their own survey over a, a, a yeah. year or two. And I found the ones who were really ahead and could also sort out all of the patriot stuff, what was also false stuff, what was true. They were the, the ones who could sort it all out were, were smokers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's very interesting. And it didn't have all, so many of the side effects, like the, the cramps, the constant cramps. And uh, some of these people in some heavily sprayed areas come down with muscle cramps. It's a common ailment to get, apart from yeah. the bronchial problems. It's, it's because you're not, in, not in, uh, inhaling. It doesn't, stuff doesn't get into your bloodstream the same way because you're a smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, when I, I recall, um, you know, these old guys back in England who, who'd have been in the, you know, you know, these all these pensions in their 80s and so, and they smoked a couple of packs a day and they were fine. You know? Yes, yeah. You know, so, you know, I think it's a lot of BS. It, it definitely seems that way. And yeah. it, but it's always another reason to say, and I'm sure that's what it is, because that's when they hyped it up. About 98 is when they really started the heavy spraying daily uh, across Canada, at least. And uh, they've all been doing it in the States and trying out there for longer yeah. periods. Uh, but... Um, uh, that's when they really went on, on board to cut out the smoking completely and yeah. no tolerance whatsoever. And uh, it's true that people who don't smoke don't seem to notice uh, trails mm-hmm. in the sky and they don't notice much else in life either. Yeah. Okay, Alan, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Ken from Fort Worth, are you there, Ken? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, good evening. Uh, now, you know, uh, you've been watching Fox. You see what all's going on in these uh, town hall meetings, you know. When you look at uh, Time and Newsweek, they're, they're exercising and didn't even find it. Yes. Yeah, all weekend, even on the Canadian stations, they had that kind of stuff on the go, yeah. And they, and they got, uh, Ron Paul's got 276 signers, and they get simple. Yes. Yeah, I just notice, I mean, they, they get simple. Uh, exercising and, and walking, and they turn stupid. Yes. Yep. I know. Okay. Thanks for calling. And from a, a famished, a very famished Ontario, Canada, where we're going to get turned into experimental uh, prison camps, I guess, for diet control. And from Hamish myself, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.